Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll It's time to neighbors CJ, Kate and Bea. Let's get the Neighbours. Hello, welcome to Neighbours. This is the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We watch the five most recent episodes of the Aussie Soap Neighbours that just aired and then we have a little chat and some analysis. I'm Vaya. I'm Kate. And I'm CJ. OG, OG squad back on deck. A massive episode of Neighbours because I have a little chat to play with Madeline West. <gasps> D from Neighbours. D was, I was going to say D Rebecca, but she wouldn't have had her name. No, legally. very briefly. D Bliss. D Bliss. I she, wouldn't. If my surname was Bliss, I wouldn't have ever changed no. it. Also, she was Dion, but then yeah. no one could pronounce that, so she was D. But I went to. She had a book launch earlier in the week. Her book Six Under Eight about because she's got six kids under eight years old. Yeah, in, crazy, incredible. And she autographed a copy, and I have it to give away. So to some pretty exciting. to a neighbor's listener. And the most exciting part of it. Oh yeah, she signed Love D. Oops, Mads. So that's yeah. very cute. <laughs> so she flew the flag. And we'll tell you how to win that later on in this episode. And another thing we will chat about this episode is the Logie voting form is up and running mm-hmm. for Australia's Night of Nights. Vote early, vote often. Yeah, we have the neighbors official endorsements to talk through. So yep. And I'm just also, guys, it's a big weekend for me because I'm a massive Gilmore Girls fan and I just devoured the Netflix uh, episodes last night in a marathon. I was up till two in the morning and I'm, I still haven't recovered. And so I kind of want to talk about that instead of Neighbours, but I have to move past that. Yeah, you have to because I haven't ever watched an episode. And I'm a fan and I haven't seen it, so we can't talk about it. Yeah. So it's, a, it's like it doesn't exist. Okay, I'll put that to one side. We'll kick off with Neighblog. I um, forgot to tell him that we were going every week until the finale aired and he recorded a recap from last week, but I loved it. So we're going to hear from him anyway. Just oh, we to, love him every week. Yeah, he'll get us back up to speed. And we are working on trying to chat to him on the podcast like properly. So I'll let you know when that happens. So here's Neighblog's recap of last week and then we'll launch into a fresh new week, the penultimate week before finale week. Neighbours flew the flag for disability by having a character in a wheelchair which she kept mentioning because, heaven forbid, wheelchair users would have anything else to talk about. She turned out to be Jacka's mum, a bit part in the interminable what's Ned getting up to off-screen storyline. The club in the city that younger, hipper characters are occasionally seen in was giving a name, although it's so bland I've already forgotten it. Ellie rescued Angus after his drink was spiked by non-specified stuff, but for some reason saw this, like everything else involving Angus, as something which has to be kept secret from Susan. Lou's mission to find a date for Lauren's wedding was predictably farcical, involving accidentally sexually harassing a Cambodian caterer due to his poor linguistic skills. Amy sat around reading the Bible for fun, somehow managing to keep her concentration while Gary was enthusiastically limber ladyberging Brooke on the other side of a single door. Aaron had an idea which actually worked, hiring a golf buggy to drive an elderly Japanese woman to a lake several metres away to look at some ducks, bizarrely. Xanthi referred to Facebook as facey, which is definitely something we should all start doing. Tyler inadvertently summed up the entire ethos of neighbours with the immortal words, what's a few bodily fluids between friends? Paige described Jack as a very progressive priest, by which she presumably meant he's willing to have sex with a crash victim in a barn while her friends and family still think she's dead. She was soon proven wrong, of course, 
with Father Jackass kicking off when she used Blaze as a vehicle to imply that abortion and premarital sex might not be evil. Neighbours, as usual, got it all wrong and treated it as if the issue is whether the Catholic Church should evolve when the problem, surely, is that Blaze is a secular organisation and Brad, whose idea of sexual ethics involves making sure your friend has been dead for at least a couple of months before you have sex with his widow behind your own wife's back, is in charge anyway. Angus got a meeting with a record label, but the ungrateful little sod was too wrapped up in his increasingly disturbing obsession with Ellie to show any appreciation. And Brennan started showing up at Sonia's house every day with a big black box full of jizz. God, I love Nablog. <laughs> Can't wait to actually chat to him. Monday. Gals. Monday, November 21st, 2016. It's all about Ellie and our latest sexual predator on Ramsey Street, Angus. Well, look, I've got to say that, yes, Angus is being inappropriate, but she's not being great. Are you victim blaming? I think You're you are. Blaming. She was asleep. We she's accosted his, her. She's she's his teacher, and she's an adult. Okay, yes, she should have reported. Okay, let yeah. me. So Ellie Conway is Susan Kennedy's niece, who is a teacher who's chosen poorly in in the career department because mm-hmm. she clearly doesn't want to be a teacher. She wants to be a nightclub owner or something. Oh, nightclub promotions. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then Angus is Sarah Beaumont's son, who's staying at the Kennedys. He took one look at Ellie in a towel dress and went, "I want a piece of that action." And instead of what most of us do when we crush on someone older as a teenager, just like write their name in your diary and stuff, uh, he decides, no, I'm just going to be around her and try and touch her as much as possible. Mm. And then he dressed up as Mark Brennan a few weeks ago and went the, the past. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then now he... Oh, he's written like that lame-ass song for her as well. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind. We didn't mind the song. I'm was... okay with the song. Yeah, it's more the touching. Yeah. But this week, Ellie is down in the dumps because she uh, had a one-night stand, a one-afternoon oh, with, stand. With Derek. With Scotty from Prank Patrol, who I thought was rather attractive. So she hooked up with him and he said, I've got a fiancé and a baby on the way. Bye. See you, Derek. And he said it like when he went, oh, Oh, Janine's always at me about going to Christmas or something. I can't remember what he yeah. said. And then, and she was like, oh, who's Janine? Thinking it's like his sister. And he's like, oh, my girlfriend, the one that's having my baby. Like, like that's a <laughs> no, completely that. normal thing to say after you have sex with someone. My favourite line of his was him saying, oh, you know, it was just old friends catching up, which is a great mm. euphemism for having an afternoon delight. And I just, I love that she just, she just took him home in the middle. Like, she's so inappropriate. Yeah, it was like to her auntie's house. Yeah, she needs, I'm okay with her sleeping with her ex. Not so much her, you know, like there's other issues that he has a child on the way and all that. And that he, she had a miscarriage and he just paid her off. Yeah. That's the guy you want to hook up with. But I'm okay with that. But like, just get your own apartment. Yeah. Do you reckon? Stop with this. Do you reckon they did it on the couch? A la every other bloody person in that house? No, they they were walked out of the bedroom because they were buttoning up. Yeah, as they walked out of the yeah. bedroom because that's right. She'd been looking red hot in like mm. the like that lace body, yeah, dress. Yeah, she puts on her active wear after the sex. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get dressed back up in in your really fancy outfit. But so Angus is trying to console her, and Piper sees him trying to have a little cuddle with mm. his mm. teacher. And look, they've got they've created a loophole. They've put Angus in a different school now, so she's not technically his teacher anymore. But she's still a grown like a thirty year old woman. Mm. And she's his mother's sister. I do this every time. Yeah. His mother, his aunt's, his mum's sister's cousin-in-law. Yeah. She's his mum's sister's cousin-in-law. His so auntie's cousin-in-law. She's practically family. Get your mitts off her, Angus. Uh, well, actually, you could just say that it's his uncle's cousin. It's his uncle's cousin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's not okay, is it? 
No. Wait, if your uncle's cousin, yeah, uncle by marriage, doesn't that make you cousins? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, she'd be cousin Ellie. At Chris, yeah. if, if this was a Greek Christmas, it'd be like, Angus, stop touching your cousin Ellie because that's she, wrong. She's she's fallen over and she's passed out and it's inappropriate to touch her. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But also I think she needs to find her own apartment. She does. Oh, yeah. If, yeah. if Lasseter's is running apartments suites, the, yeah. the Tanaka's, are they staying at Lasseter's? Yeah, but that's part of his employment deal. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, there must be homes there. Because remember they were actually selling the apartments to live in and, like, Paul kept on trying to shill them back in the day? Yeah, yeah. Instead of getting in that dive motel up and running, they should have just had, like, a Quest Apartments and you could have had mm. whoever, whichever yeah. riffraff needed somewhere to stay could yeah. go there. Well, that and, like, Paul 100% would give her a free apartment if she flirted with him for five seconds. Oh, yeah, five seconds. So, he'd, he'd give her the stump. Yeah, he would. He'd give her the stump good and proper. <laughs> I actually think Paul and Ellie would be a hot little... May, December. I love it. So Piper is sus. She tells Tyler. And the funny thing is that's how she broaches it with Tyler. She says, you know how people were weird about me hooking up with you because you're old, like you're old. Well, Angus is trying to do the same thing, but she's a teacher. And older. Pedophilia is only okay when I'm the victim. Yes. (laughs) That was a message I got from Piper then. Yeah. Yes. She wants Tyler to put a stop to it. So Tyler takes Ellie out for even more drinks. So mm. Ellie, by this stage, has had drinks with her ex, a roll in the hay and more drinks. Yeah, now- and by this stage he's officially munted. Mm. And and also I want to point out that she drinks fairly regularly. I think every time we see yeah. her she's yeah. on it. And she she still can't handle yeah, four drinks very, very well at all. Very low tolerance. Yeah. She's a she's a keep uh, drinking, Ellie. You'll 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 learn it later, sooner or later. Yeah. She's a Cadbury in Australia. It's um, that's the got glass and a half. Glass and a half. Glass and a half. That's all it takes. Yeah, that's all it took for the ex boyfriend to get her into Susan's yeah spare room. Susan's spare room, which she's done up very nicely for someone who like just came yeah. into town. Uh, the Libby's old room. Oh, true, with the quilted headboard and mm. so yeah. Angus. Off he goes, out into the night. The Kennedys, again, have zero tabs on their charge, who's in their care. Yeah, they're particularly poor guardians. He goes off to the pub and spots uh, Ellie and Tyler, and he runs off after Ellie to comfort her. And then Tyler goes back to Piper, who, by the way, is pulling a shift at Harold's. Firstly, when did she get that job? Secondly, who leaves a 17-year-old on their own? Late at night. Late at night to lock up a business. terrible. Well, you know what? Drab. That's who does it. Yeah. World's crappest dad. <laughs> <laughs> and enraged, uh, absent mother. Yeah. And so he goes to Pipes and said, oh, I tried to look after her, but she's gone off with Angus. And Pipes is like, the one thing, I gave you one instruction, don't leave her alone with Angus. And he goes, oh, I just accidentally did that one thing. <laughs> yeah. And he's, because he's just like a puppy bounding around a field and he went, oh, shiny thing and ran away. <laughs> Oh, uh, so yeah, pipes. You can do better than that. You know what? At least you know. I hate to say this, but pipes looks like a, a young woman. Angus looks like he's just barely through puberty. Yeah, he's a boy. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a boy. child. That that's why I have trouble blaming him, and that's why I moved to her. No, no, you know no. What he's I mean? still he's creepy as fuck. Well, I think he is, but that's what a boy of his age is like. Well, that's because Aaron's. <laughs> but he's, Bra- but he's, Aaron- he's not thirteen though. He's meant to be sixteen. Or Aaron's Brahai is not running. Adequate consent classes. Well, in, not. in his in his defence, he's been to what five high schools in oh, the true. last year. Yeah, he's probably missed all of those sessions yeah. because not three oh. months ago we were poor Zankan was a victim of someone touching her inappropriately yeah. in a hotel room, mm, mm. and she was conscious. Ellie isn't even awake at this point. 
So mm. I've, ju- I've jumped ahead. So at this point, Ellie like pours herself into bed because she's had a glass and a half and she's actually visibly depressed now. She's She yeah. can't stop crying. She's traumatised. That and doesn't g- stop little rape guess though. Doing. Yeah, he goes, oh, here, here's my opportunity and leans in for the kiss and Pipes bursts into the Kennedy house and says, where's Angus? Do you know where he is? And they went, yeah, he's in his room. Worst guardians ever. Mm. Oh, no. Let's check our adult niece's room. Yeah. And that's where Suze finds them. Yeah, and she's not into it at all. But how? But, not- oh, classic Susan Kennedy, victim blaming here. She has set a precedent with Zancan. I feel she's quite misogynistic, to be honest. Yeah, because she didn't defend Zancan. She's not giving Ellie the benefit of the doubt. And yes, Angus is an impressionable teenager who's been abandoned by his parents, but he's already been told no by this woman. Mm. Actually, if I was going to blame someone, it would have to be Susan because she shouldn't have them living in the same house. And she should know where he is of an evening. Yeah. Yeah. And she already thought they were acting weird around each other at the Halloween dance. At that point, ship your niece off. Yeah, go, hey, why don't you rent an apartment and be a grown-up? Yeah. Or stop spending all your money on shoes. Yes. Or alcohol. Or alcohol. Because I think maybe if she had to pay rent, she wouldn't be able to afford to get munted every night. I think you're probably right. all Ellie had to say was, hey, Arnie, Suze, I think this kid's got a schoolboy crush Mm. on me. Is there anywhere else he can stay? Uh, But a line was crossed with the whole masked Pashing as well. Mm. At that point there, it should have, everything should have been like, you know, record screech or whatever. And yeah, no, she's not on. There needs to be a paper trail. She needs to be documenting all of this. Mm. Because when this comes, when she has to go to VCAT, not VCAT, where did it? The court. The court. Where did she have to go to court? (laughs) Anyway, so we'll come back to them. Let's touch on briefly before we move off of Monday. Fifi Box, uh, back in her orange dress that we first met her in. Mm -hmm. I'm loving her. I enjoy her, but I just wish they hadn't made her such a cartoon villain. Yeah. yeah. She may as well have a moustache that she twirls. Yeah. <laughs> They've just given them, her the most ridiculous flaw, and that's she's a jewellery swindler. Yeah. It's, I think, it's very short-sighted what she's done. But I love, what does she call Gary? Gascan? Moncherie. Moncherie. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that she doesn't say any other French phrases, just that one. Yep. Mm. Yep. <laughs> She's, she doesn't say, oh, let's go for a rendezvous. She just, <laughs> she could please say that next season. Uh, but what I do love is that she sees, she spots her jewellery pimp having a coffee nearby and he wants his next instalment of money and she needs a bit more time yeah, on yeah. that because her plan for some reason has got away from her. Also, I did clock that she was carrying around a Mimco bag. Do you think that's the real deal, Kate? You're very discerning. I have no idea. I didn't even notice yeah. the handbag. But you are talking to the person who did buy um, Mimco on AliExpress and it is 100% the real deal. It's just from the Mimco yeah, factory so in I reckon, China. I reckon so. Fifi Box has done the same thing. She's gotten her Mimco bag from AliExpress. I think mm. she probably got a man to buy it. Oh, yeah, true. One, yeah. Of, the, one of the guys yeah, just the ACA swindled. Dude. Yeah. 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 Also, at this point, it's the middle of the day and Sheila, Zankan and Fifi Box have an appointment to watch The Bold and the Beautiful at oh, home live on television. Like that's No one's cute. got any other appointments. Look, I just I just don't buy it that um, she's gone in for the, the long con just mm. purely to get two and a half grand out of Gaz. Yeah, it's not much money. I mean, she kind of does want Zancan. She, okay, if you put Zancan's money in the pot too, that's nearly 5K. Is that all that would get her out of trouble? 
No, it'd be more than that, surely. I mean, again, she should just hook up with Paul. She's running that con alongside the jewelry con. So with all of the yeah. money she's getting from selling people fake jewelry, mm-hmm. but then then she starts gaslighting. Sheila, she starts bringing up the heart attack that Sheila had and then she and Zankan cook up the chili con carne and add a bit of extra Tabasco sauce or something mm-hmm, in mm-hmm, there. Mm. Um, so she's got three cons going. I don't know. She must be in the, quite the hole with the money. Like it can't just be 5K that will well, do it. What's right? motivating it? Do you? Th- it's the kind of shonky behaviour that you, I feel is masking something like drug use or something like that. Yeah. You've got or maybe a gambling addiction. Yeah, gambling. Oh, yeah. Mm. So she okay. So she must be quite deep in the hole then. Yeah, I think it's yeah. It's got to be bigger. Imagine if she was actually just like she cleaned in her underwear and that guy came back, <laughs> and that was a that would make because like you said, she has a jewelry pimp, which is just weird. Yeah. Like he lurks around like a pimp. in his tracksuits. Yeah. And so I think if she was if, – if you were a Gold Coast con woman, mm-hmm. what would be your motivation to be trying to get all this cash? Would it be just to, to live the high life? To, to yeah. well, I'm probably getting something better than a Mimco bag, but um, yeah. you're yeah. going off to Bali for like six months of the year or something. Or maybe yeah. it's just to get to the point where it's your steady income. Like I went on a Contiki tour with a girl who I still follow on Facebook and she I think runs some kind of – they're not strippers, but it's – she hires out sexually dressed people for parties and things. That's her business. Right. And I feel yeah. like that's just her bread and butter, yep. you know? Yep. And I think this is sort of started out this – But that sounds legal. Yeah, I don't – look, I haven't delved too deeply into it. She might not be paying taxes and stuff <laughs> on it. But, but maybe for, for Fifi it started out as just a get-rich-quick scheme that this is going to pay the bills and now she's in the hole. And Well, yeah. I think I think now her motive is entirely to – get out of the hole but she wouldn't know a life without it yeah no. i think that's more the problem and, and now she wants to take zankan with it mm. going back to sheila's pseudo heart attack oh, yeah. from the chili con carne you don't just get a heart attack from something you've eaten no she got indigestion though, didn't and you? yeah and the funny thing but is like, they knew it was she yeah she warned them she said yeah. i don't like chili gives me indigestion don't put too much chili powder and you think she would just you know taste it and go oh yeah that's it too hot for me don't just clean your plate not, not Sheila though she... <laughs> they were raised in Frankston you Had like to clear your plate clear your plate <laughs> she ate the whole thing she was like oh there's too much oh well I'll get a heart attack <laughs> might, have a, might have a glass of milk now yeah waste not want not so she's off to the hospital and we'll pick it up on Tuesday Tuesday Carl is digging around because he wants his ruby ring that he bought for Susan yeah yeah and I just think just go okay. to a jewellers, Carl. But, so, sure. yes, you've dropped a couple of G and you want your ring back, but go and ask Fifi. Don't bring her family into it. There's nothing more awkward than if someone comes to me and says, oh, your boyfriend didn't write back to my email or something. I'm like, well, what, what do you want me to do about that, mate? Like, this is why, thank God, nobody in my family does any sort of, you know, like Tupperware-esque mm. type thing because you don't want to get hounded by that. And that's a yeah. semi-legitimate business. Yeah, look, I get why they um, I get why they do this because it's good for TV. But <laughs> they just walk into each other's houses without knocking on the door. Yeah. So Carl just walks into the Cannings and says, "Hi, I'm just here about my jewelry," and, and he's starting to get weird about it. And never asks the person with whom he made the transaction. Thank God, Xanthi's not in a towel because that would be weird too. Yeah. yeah. Just walks in. I would be terrified if one of my neighbours just walked into my house. Can you yeah. can you imagine? No, I would literally scream and I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Get out. Yeah, And yeah. the next day a security door would be installed. Exactly. Or the locks would be changed. And yet she'd fire off a text 
I think I'd call the cops, actually. Yeah. Be like some rando who says he's my neighbour just came into my house. Yeah, I don't know because I haven't communicated yeah. with them. But I yeah. would assume that that part's true. Mm. But he could just fire off a text to Fifi going, the day's coming up, the anniversary, need my prayers. Like, where's my stuff? Don't go to her, her boyfriend yeah. or her mother-in-law. Like, inappropes, KK, mm. inappropes. But I loved um, Sheila because she goes, I'll get her to call you. Yeah. <laughs> Can you, we're trying to have a breakfast here. Can you leave, yeah. leave us alone? Fifi's also trying to convince Gazcan to, instead of making a term deposit at the yes. bank. Did you hear that he had made an appointment at the bank to set up the term deposit? I think you just do the, the teller, mate, particularly for like two and a half grand. Yeah. Can you imagine he's going down with his two and a half thousand dollars like it's a million dollars? And they're like, <laughs> no worries. Have you filled in a form? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> just go see Trevor over there at front desk yeah. and away you go. I'll sort that out for you. Yeah. Have you got your ID? That's all you need. Yeah. yeah. That's cute. So but, uh, Fifi wants the money instead. It's all coming, to, starting to come undone for her. So she's come running in because they've put the pressure on her to get the jewellery to Carl. She comes running into Gaz and says, my jewellery shipment's been delayed by customs and they want to stick me with a $2,000 fee, which is conveniently the exact amount of money yeah. he won from the feud. Yeah. And he straight away says, well, I'll cover it. And then immediately Fifi's like, let's go to Perth. (laughs) Zankan, let's go visit your half-sister and reconnect. I think the major flaw in the Fifi storyline is actually that they were on Family Feud. Yeah. So if they'd been on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and they'd won a million dollars, this would all make sense. Yes. Or even The Chase, you could get, you can get up to like 70K on The Chase. Ladies, what's the problem with this? Neither of those shows are on Channel 10. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe if she'd been on, have you been paying attention? They couldn't even actually. Ever... She is on that. That's oh, she is actually. Yeah. Or if um, they don't even have the sunrise cash cow. No, <laughs> just anything, anything that was like a good amount of money. Then all of this would make Ooh, sense. Actually, Powerball. Or no, something. I fixed it in one sentence. They just had to last three more days, and they could have clocked up another twenty k. Yeah, yeah. So they could have walked out with thirty or forty thousand dollars, and even that would be more. And they could have got a new car. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then it would make a lot more sense that the mum pops up the next day. Like, yeah. it just would have made more sense. Also, flights to Perth ain't cheap. It's like 800 bucks. So she's going to have... Well, particularly on the spot, because you can get good deals, like, through um, yeah, you Jetstar. Can. And Tight Ass Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, eight hundred. she's going to drop 800 bucks just to get them back to Perth. That's mm-hmm. half of the money she's just swindled from Gary. I remember, who was it who drove to Perth? It was the, the, the creeper. <laughs> Curly-haired kid. Yeah, creeper from oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Chaz. The guy who abducted yeah, Piper. That's, that's a bloody long drive. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Fifi should drive them and save, mm. but that's still petrol money. Anyway... We'll park them. We'll revisit the morning after the sexual assault of um, Angus to Ellie. And the Kennedys are like, WTF at this point. What mm. the hell is going on in poor, my under my roof? Poor Ellie was obviously blackout drunk. Like yeah. the, there's absolutely no level of consent there. If you were so drunk that you can't remember the next day. She couldn't even really remember that she was drunk. She came skipping out the room the next day going, hey, guys, oh man, where's the muesli? She's got a great constitution. I think that, like, it's even more sign that this is a depression issue Mm. because she maybe she's drinking on her meds. (gasps) Mm. That makes sense. And Carl should be picking this up. He should. He's a doctor. 
who specialises in everything. Skull drilling. Yeah. Uh, so they've sat down the family. They've started interrogating Ben. They're like, what did you know about Angus? And he's and like, oh, only that they kiss every now and then. Just that he had a crush and then he got a tattoo for her <laughs> and then he wrote a song for her. And guys, he was almost like, keep up, gramps and yeah. grandma. Like, are you kidding? This is obvious. And then Angus's defence... Was this him telling – he told the Kennedys that Mm. Angus hooked up with Piper. Man, is nobody's business private these days? No, Angus said, I hooked up with Piper. And Ben said, was that the girl you told me about? And he said, yeah. So Angus went and, like, you know, showed off his wares. I hooked up with a girl in a car. Yeah. But didn't tell Ben who it was. And then just flippantly at the table he said, oh, yeah, it was Piper. And then he said, don't tell Xanthi. See, if I was Ben at that stage, I'd be going, you had sex in the Capri? How? (laughs) That thing's a manual. But did Ben and Xanthi have sex yet? No, they decide they were going to one day in the Gold Coast, and then they got sued, oh, cock blocked, sued blocked, and then never ever discussed it again. Yeah, okay, because <laughs> that's that's how, that's then, how teenagers act. <laughs> he was just so bloody rude to Zan Can, though, like saying that she was t- becoming very Gold Coast. Yeah, he was. Mate, you're rude. from Ballarat. <laughs> Get stuffed. That's right, Ballarat. I think I mistakenly. Yeah, you're saying from... Bendigo last week. I, I did pick that up, and I was like shouting at the at my phone, going and, Ballarat. Um, real talk, like confessions. I actually can never remember the difference between Ballarat and Bendigo. Sovereign Hill and is in which one? Ballarat. Okay, well, okay. Hey, yeah, yeah. I'm just confessing and here. Bendigo Father Jack, a, don't judge me. Latrobe. Bendigo's got the the art gallery. It's got the has chi- all the exhibits. It's actually Bendigo's got a great art gallery, and it's also got the Chinese museum up there. Okay, lovely. And now, Lynn Scully <laughs> is she still living Bendigo, in Bendigo? Bendigo. And, okay, so so Libby was in Ballarat. Got it. The Scullys are in Bendigo. And that means the Genius School must have been in Ballarat too. Where that ben, actually doesn't surprise me. Where Ben went to Genius School. For some reason, I thought that she was like working at the grammar school up there. Well, it's not Bendigo Mensa, as we said in the previous podcast. Yeah, yeah. Someone will correct us on this. Yeah. So at school, Susan calls Ellie into her office and she's like, so why was a teenager in your bedroom? And Ellie's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have zero memory. And also give me a break. I've been through a lot of stuff. So back off. Then Susan gathers everyone around at the Kennedy house for a lecture. Hang on. In the office, didn't Suze talk about how Libby went through troubles? No, she said Libby crossed the line. So it's a good, oh. like goat runs in the family, runs in that house of like inappropriate behaviour. Yeah, yeah, so she should be on high alert, Susan. Yeah. I think that the thing is, is that you don't actually have students and teachers living together. And if you do, you make sure they're always in clothes. But I, I feel Erinsborough High has yeah. some um, systematic hmm. problems mm. within it's... the organisation that there's so many teacher-student relationships going on. You'd think that they would be having... Um, professional development about how this is inappropriate. They've got like a pedophilia cluster. and Yeah, yes, it's a cluster. Yes. And, and they don't have a, an effective program in place for when there are sexual consent mm. issues. The students don't know who to turn to. There's no, no code um, of conduct. It's not like, imagine ever confiding in drab. Yeah, well, I was about to say, because drab's like the HR, the, uh, what's that subject? Outreach. Called? Health. Yeah, health. Health, yeah. yeah. Human health. development. He's Human development, creepy. yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'm, like, if I was Zancan, I'm not going to him to talk about my, my, my problems. Espe- especially since, no. especially since his first reaction was, oh, hey, but he's such a good kid. Yes, that's the problem, mate. Brock Turner. Mm. Yeah. But who is, who can you chat to in Ramsey Street? There's... Father Creepy? No, he's he's not too good <laughs> with victims, is he? Well, I would go to Sue. You would should be able to go to your principal, to Susan. And Sue's is just yeah, no. Nah, Sue's is on my shit list now. Yeah, no, that's two girls now. She she doesn't believe. 
when they give their story of victimization. I mean, Sonia is probably kind of the most sympathetic person to chat to, but as we know from this week, she's she's off the rails nutty as a bloody fruitcake and she has a lot on i've noticed this mm. year since she's taken the mayor mayorship yeah. she's got no zero time people she, yeah she's went she's worn too thin mm. uh, and she's got weddings on at the nursery that she doesn't probably even know about like who's booked that wedding in who's the, running the nursery drab and Is the nursery still open well that's where drab and laws's weddings booked mm. in for but it's probably just a reception center now because you know <laughs> Why it's not? just tumbleweeds there now. Everything yeah. would have died. It's perfect rustic. for a drab wedding. Yeah, yeah, it's rustic. Finally, Susan's like, maybe you shouldn't both live here. Yeah, no yeah. shit. And so Ellie's going to go stay at the Tanaka apartment. Now, let's jump into the staff storyline. Oh. Oh, man. This is what I'm waiting for. Let's do this. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, it, it prompted. It was the majority of my tweeting that night. So we pick up with the Rebecca household, which is the surrogacy foursome of doom which involved Sonia offering to both carry and provide the egg conceived by Dullcop to hand over then to Steph and Mark to raise as their own, even though they don't live together and they only have been boyfriend-girlfriend for like five months. So, Mm. look, ill-conceived. Ill-conceived. Yeah. And uh, obviously Victoria Lamb, the IVF doctor, expressed concern at this arrangement. Like any sane person would. Yes, like Toadie, who was a lawyer, should have himself yeah. raised. Okay. Now, this st- started off with this episode with um, Mark and staff in bed together. And Mark's getting out of bed because of a dry cleaning emergency. <laughs> and Was it really a dry cleaning emergency? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was a dry cleaning emergency. I don't know what it was, but there we go. He also said, I'd love to stay and play. More oh, that like yeah. put me off my dinner that night. I don't want to think about the two of them having sex around six thirty p.m. I'm not calling it playing. Playing, mm. stay and play. So Susan Carl would Ooh. call it playing. Ugh. Yeah, they wouldn't. It would be kind of funny. But oh look, they're yeah, it's awful. It's so awful. Firstly, because when you're in a long-term relationship and someone's like, I've actually, I've, I've got a meeting, I've got to go to work, we, but, we can't have sex yeah. now. You're like, okay, cool, see you, mate. Like, yeah, catch you, well, see you, hun. I'll catch you tonight Yeah, and it'll be fine. Well, first problem here is that they're not in a long-term relationship. <laughs> they're still yeah. in the honeymoon phase. <laughs> they still have sleepovers. Like, yeah. that's where they're at. They probably don't even have each other's toothbrushes at each other's houses. No, they certainly don't. Uh, and, of course, his meeting at work has been delayed, so he stops for a coffee at, at Harold's. I, I'm really excited that policemen have meetings. Yeah. Because I thought meetings were reserved for the boring workplaces of the world. Yeah, the corporate Yeah, sphere. Of course they have meetings. Like, They'd have, like, a meeting at the beginning of the day to say, all right, Jono, you're doing um, Macca's patrol today. And <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a briefing. Oh, oh He was going okay. to a meeting. Yes. And he, he does, he's not particularly senior these days, no, is he? No. So, and I'm like, what is this about? Is there like somebody making a mess in the <laughs> toilet? No, no. It'll be like, like, what is it? Look, guys, we've discovered that there is a um, paedophilia cluster at Erinsborough High <laughs> and you need to keep an eye out for this because... <laughs> we, need to, we need to do regular patrols at the school. <laughs> Can you imagine if he went down there in his vest? You know, he keeps wearing like his bulletproof vest. vest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or maybe it was just a, a behavioural conduct meeting with Ellen Detlez who was going to say, look, um, criminals keep walking past you in our <laughs> suburb. Can you? Or, mate, can you stay out of the local paper? <laughs> I don't want to read about your private life. You're, you're meant to be a pillar of society here. And yeah. why are you hanging out with crims? Also, it's, isn't it, wouldn't it be a criminal offence for him to let this surrogacy procedure go ahead? 
It's an illegal surrogacy well, procedure. I was going to say, isn't, there's probably a problem with him consorting with criminals on the regular. That's, that's yes, not a great but, thing for a cop. But legally, is that illegal? All right, guys. All okay. right, so I looked this up on the um, – Because all they're I, doing is conceiving by not having sex it, and then she's think, just giving yeah. the child to the father. I don't think it's illegal, but it does leave them open to some really um, – it's stupid. It's a really uh, dodgy situation uh, because Sonia is in every way the mother of this baby. Yeah. So um, when normally with a surrogate, so you get your egg donated by bio mum A, then you have your surrogate mum, and then you have the actual mother. So, who, well, who is the woman who will raise the, the child. guardian? Yeah. So. Who, who might also be the egg donor. Yeah. Yes. Cases. Yes, yeah. exactly. So the surrogate shouldn't be related to the actual baby they're gestating because it makes things Yep. difficult for the for the, the mother who's going to raise the child to adopt the child. And we say shouldn't because the guidelines on IVF Victoria, so, so when we is, say things shouldn't, shouldn't happen, mm. there are guidelines in place. Because so, they, know, they know what they're talking about. So as part of the Assisted Reproductive Treatment Regulations 2009, counselling prior to surrogacy arrangement, um, the counselling's got to cover the possibility of any party deciding not to proceed with the surrogacy the attitudes of all parties to investigation of a genetic abnormality, mm-hmm. the possibility of termination of pregnancy or other complications. So that it's part of your counselling. That's all got to be covered. Yes, and the reason they're not going through IVF Victoria is because this is not a sanctioned practice. Yeah. They don't approve the surrogate providing the egg. But these fools are meant to have done the counselling and that would have been covered. And But, but, they, but they stopped because... Because they, they wanted to just jizz in the cup. They wanted to jizz in the cup. And no, they, but they, they did the counselling. They did though. some yeah. of the counselling. Yeah. But then mm. when they got to mm. the point where Victoria says, we don't have any viable eggs, see you later, guys, good luck with life. But they were going to go ahead with it at that stage when when yes. um, staff didn't produce the goods, so to speak. Yeah, and they were going to get – they looked but, into but, an egg donor. But there's and, no way you would have got to that point without having done exhaustive counselling. And they showed some of the counselling. And, pr- mm. and presumably in all of those sessions they said everyone's on board, everyone's mm. all G mm. in the hood and it's fine. But, but I, I feel sorry for st- – staff and mark here because what's to say that say the child has some terrible terrible genetic problem with it that it's not even going to like live mm. a week or something might might die within minutes of birth yeah Sonia's not going to have an abortion at this stage no so she i don't feel if if that's different she's certainly from, not getting the from, harmony test no she's not <laughs> if she's not going to get an abortion there and that doesn't gel with their plans they're going to have to go through the heartbreak of having a baby born who then dies and really that should all have been nutted out in therapy yeah and also toady's a freaking lawyer they, oh. this should all have been drawn up in a contract or an this, agreement this, or something he needs to be reported to the bloody law board how is none of this on paper or in an in a, at least in a messenger thread or but a Google Doc or something. Who, who would have thought <laughs> that this would have all gone to shit before they even know if she's pregnant? Yeah. It's, it's like it's already a clusterfuck. However, I do what I do like at this point. So this is what's happened. Mark's handed over his jizz in the cup. Sonia's ingested it. And, and <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not the right word. <laughs> Sonia's turkey basted herself with it. Mm. And she used the bedroom. Yeah, and now <laughs> she and Mark are having coffee and hanging out and stuff suddenly weirded out. Well, she's been getting gradually even more freaked yeah, out as she goes Because he didn't on. have time to chat with her in the, in the morning, yeah. but he had time to have like a, a coffee with Sonia and say, oh, can I ask you a couple of questions? <laughs> and okay, but oh. firstly back off, Steph, like 
things come up, meetings get cancelled, let's calm down. But also I do appreciate that she's having these feelings and I think well done for you speaking up and going, this is all a bit weird, mm. I'm suddenly, mm. I'm suddenly mm. not down with this. And she wants to take Mark aside and say, I don't know if we should go through with it, but he's busy. So she sits down with Victoria mm. and they have a lovely bonding session that I hope yeah, in, in ends. And I hope that yeah. ends in a kiss next week, finale week. Pumped for that. Isn't she in a relationship? Not Victoria? anymore. Lampshanks. No. Um, they broke up. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ellen Great. and Victoria broke up. And we know Steph likes the girls. Yes. Mm. And so I re- this is good. Much better than Mark. She, better decision. He's so dumb. She also had a lot of chemistry with Ellen, Det Les, down at the station when mm, they were did. trying to um, oh, put her in. Wow, oh. They were trying to put her in, sa- in the safety house with mm. um, Firecrotch. And she <laughs> sat down with Ellen one-on-one and yeah, Ellen yeah. said, oh, I went through a big breakup with my ex, so I understand. And, yeah. mm. Anyway. Much so, better. Like that's steaming Ava's material so if those good. two got together. But oh, oh these I, two. I'd love it. Oh, so Victoria's like, well, you know, there are options here. You've got 72 hours. There's the morning after pill. Yeah. Get on it. Get that, that pill in her. That's been discussed a lot online this week. And a lot of people have misconceptions about what the morning after pill is because a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, she doesn't want to abort the baby. But no, that's not what the morning not, after pill. The morning after pill is like the normal pill. It's just a yeah. bigger dosage. Yeah. So, it, it stops the um, actual... Impl- implantation doesn't it so yeah. it's not a baby it's it's literally cells no but it's not even an embryo it's yeah. not even an embryo it's so, like the pill but a bigger dosage yeah. yeah when i was pregnant i hated when people said you're not that pregnant yet oh. like, i hated that right so the thing is is that you're actually not pregnant for two weeks mm-hmm. right. the first two yeah. weeks yeah. are the like the two weeks of the after your period and before you ovulate. Here yeah. you go, Vaya. Here's some health edit lessons that you didn't <laughs> yeah. learn. I feel like I'm in drabs class at school. So, yeah. yeah, if you've been paying attention to neighbours, you wouldn't have got any health ed. So we'll help. And so you're not pregnant in the first two weeks. Yeah. So also, she... guys, I do know how this stuff works. Oh, that's good. Okay. That's good. <laughs> um, and when a mummy loves a daddy <laughs> very much. Or the mummy's neighbour loves the other neighbour. And, <laughs> other... and the mummy secretly likes women more. And, like, I've – look, like, real talk, I've – you know, I've had the morning after pill. Not because I've suddenly gone, oh, oh, like. You're like, oh, I've, shit, man, my, my neighbour didn't want me to have a baby. I accidentally <laughs> agreed to be a surrogate and provide the egg and suddenly changed my mind. It was like Oopsie. I was in a relationship. Suddenly, like, oh, I don't think that technology worked the way it was supposed to work we that should day. Use another one. We should put, yeah. it, put in yeah. a backup technology. And it's you just go to the chemist and you just ask for it yep. and they give it to you and you take a tablet and you move on with your life and you have a great ta- day. It's fine. Did you? And I don't know which episode this was on, so sorry if I'm jumping ahead. It's but fine. the Brennan brothers have a chat about the morning after pill at one point. Yes, 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 that was great because actually they only alluded to it in this episode, and then yeah. in the next episode it's all morning after pill. Yeah, yeah. Up the wazoo. And Tyler yeah. says that Courtney, Courtney had it because <laughs> like, oh mate, go and splash people's private medical yeah. business around. Yeah, but also he's like, it was a big deal. No. It is not a big deal. She goes, he goes, it was pretty full on for her. She had some side effects. I'm like, are you sure you're remembering correctly no, what Courtney I, said? Maybe, maybe she just puts on like a bit yeah. of PMS when she has a period and yeah. she's just trying yeah. to get a few Tim Tams out of him. And Tyler doesn't understand. Like, he'd be the sort of person at, at school if someone was trying to get out of PE. He'd be like, oh, oh don't want to talk about their women's issues. Like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. She's bleeding. Oh, she can't go she's, swimming. She's got ovaries. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not. It's, it's so weird that they've made this the moral issue. Yeah. Like, why not just wait a month or two and have it be an actual proper abortion debate? Yeah, oh, it's because they because they've got they've got bigger fish to fry in a, in with the real pregnancy. Because I am assuming we'll find out whether she's pregnant or not or not by mm. the finale. Yeah, 
Because nothing runs at realistic time. Oh, and look, and look the, we've got the concurrent storyline of Father Jack being anti-abortion. Yeah. So got, that, that's where the abortion storyline is going to go, I reckon. Yeah, yeah we've the, got God all over the place in Ramsey Street at yeah, the moment. And Paige is trying to fight God. Mm, and yeah. So t- Tuesday finishes with, um, firstly, staff accusing Mark of preferring Sonia, which I'm like, whoa, if you, if you can't iron yeah. out these issues at this mm. stage, then... I, t- I totally agree, but also I feel that she's just she's clutching at things and she's really not coping. Yeah, and I, which is valid and fair. Yeah, and she goes to Sonia because her boyfriend is not interested and says, "Look, I'm struggling, mm. buddy. I can we just put the brakes on this?" And Sonia's like, sort of brushing her off, going, "No, no, but I want to do this. I want to help you. I know you're going to have a baby immediately tomorrow, and yeah. it's going to happen." And Steph's like, actually pull up the pony can we just this is a nightmare and i look i haven't liked staff basically since she started but i felt so sorry for her at the end of that episode Mm. just as a side note there was another storyline that was um apparently it was jay quizzle's sentencing hearing along with jacka how how many stories did they fit in yeah it was the sentencing hearing which nobody went to Mm. like if i was involved in a massive crime and my family member was killed and i'd want to be there on sentencing day just saying wednesday this is where Sonia's like, all right, let's put the brakes on before we go into the next cycle. And Steph's like, actually, mate, how about the current cycle? We stop that too yep. with a pill, with the morning after pill. And this is where Sonia's like, I, you know, I'm not comfortable with this. Fuck that shit. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Fuck that shit. See, okay. So when I was um, a younger girl, the first piece of writing that I sold was about something called male abortion. Oh. Right. So I was watching The View and Barbara Walters interviewed a man who was campaigning for there to be the same amount of time that a woman woman has to choose to have an abortion for men to have the same choice. Okay. Right? And so it's it's a legal abortion, not a physical one. Okay. So they say, oh, I'm pregnant, and that man then has six weeks or whatever the law is in that country to decide whether or not he's going to be a father. Mm, right? Interesting. So – when I rang this guy to interview him, I was like, all guns blazing, you can't do that. You had sex, so therefore you mm. have to have the child, basically. And then after talking to them, I'm like, well, I want things to be equal, mm. right? So in this, it's, it is quite interesting. Like, where where does it lie on whose decision this is? Oh, and this is the murky um, minefield they've got into by not following, you know, the mm. ethics of mm. having Sonia. Yeah. yeah, because it absolutely should have been spelt out on paper. If X, Y, Z happens, who gets the say? And this is where so- uh, staff kept repeating one out, all out. She kept saying, I thought we all agreed one out, all out. And I think that's a very reasonable mm. policy. Mm. And she kept saying it as if they all had signed on the dotted line. But no yeah. one, everyone else is like, I don't remember saying that, whatever. You know what? At this stage, if I was staff... The only way you can save this situation is by breaking up with Mark and saying, this isn't my problem anymore. Yeah. yeah. You you are having a baby with Sonia. Yeah. And I don't want any part of this. And I also love yeah. that she used the expression white anting. Like she's white anting me by going behind my back to talk to you. I do love that. Cause, so she's called up dull cop. Yeah, do you reckon they say white anting in the UK? Because they're talking – white ants are termites, by the way. That's mm, the, yeah. Oh, I thought it was universal. I don't know. But do you reckon they They'll tell ter- us. They yeah. can tweet us. They yeah. probably have termites now. I just kind of <laughs> disgusting. Who knows? It's probably too thing. cold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Sonia's taking this quote-unquote moral stance. I'm like, no, at this point it's just a tablet. And I'm sorry. I know. She was a hooker, a junkie hooker who took heroin while she was pregnant with Callum. But also – Stop taking the moral high ground now. She gave Callum up. 
Yeah. How can she after give up? she abused him. Yeah. How can she do that but not take the morning after pill? I know that women get to change and they get to change yeah. their opinion and that's fine. But also she doesn't get to choose because this isn't her child. Yeah. it's It seems like she's a lot more – she's got a lot stronger moral fiber when it comes to someone else's child. Yeah. Mm. Or maybe it's she does want to make up for her neglect of Callum by s- suddenly. And that is no reason to become a surrogate or to donate your eggs. No. That is the wrong motivation. Mm. You're coming at it from the completely wrong angle. And her whole thing was, I'm so generous, I'm so giving, I'll do anything yeah. to help my friends. That's well, bullshit. you're, you're no. your friends now are saying, help me by not having this child. All she wanted to do is pat herself on the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've all known people like that who just like to get around on how generous they are. Mm-hmm. But in reality, at the end of the day, is that they've got a very narrow view of yeah. what's being generous and yeah. yeah and and yes this is all very heavy and real chat and everything but like if they're gonna serve this up to us then they're gonna have to deal with the fact that it's n- it's not okay and they're they're all sitting around the table going it's Sonia's choice and it's not it's not, it's not yeah and she and she even says to Tony what's your opinion and he goes I don't have an opinion I'm like well you're all supposed to have an opinion. Yeah. Mm. You idiots. You're raising human life. But the, the, so the thing here as well that annoys me is there's a lot of people on Twitter who are questioning, you know, why did the IVF counsellor come back and cast all doubt on this mm. situation? You know, like they're basically turning Sonia into a bit of a hero here, which it's not. It's, no. all, it's all very strange. And even on couch time, they're like, oh, you know, why did that counsellor come in a medal? Um, no, because she's doing a job and this is like a – absolute disaster yeah and her workplace frowns upon people taking it into their own hands mm. without the proper um framework in place yeah. and she's sensing alarm bells because she knows people are going to get hurt and she and she's going hey and the surrogate's dad is a lawyer you know that he should have had a watertight agreement written up somebody draw up a contract this is a hot mm. mess yeah toady's a fool sonia's just off her rocker yeah and mark also the mark ends that whole exchange with it's her baby about yeah. Sonia, and that's where Steph's like, I'm out, I'm yeah. out, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, she is, she's out. And I don't blame you. I think Kate's right. I think Steph should just head on back to Bendigo. Yeah. And that, that'd be that, I really. got to Bega with Firecrotch. Also, yeah. Lynn Scully's kid's probably child age. Or does he Oscar. Live? I think Oscar's older than Charlie, is he? I can't remember. Oh, she, yeah. But she yeah. can go hang out with baby brother for a while. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, we saw it coming. And Erinsborough has ethical issues up the wazoo at the moment. Yeah. Mm. And oh, it's pretty heavy. Like So full on. I'm, I am liking this meaty storyline now. I, that's the thing. They've handled – they've hit a lot of the beats that you would handle in this scenario. But it just enrages me because they didn't have any of the scaffolding in place that you should yeah. to avoid any of this mess. So part of me is like, I'm glad we get to have these chats. But the other part of me is like, but, oh, my God, you're all a pack of – idiots Sonia's done some annoying shit over the years in terms of like being like a terrible partner to Toadie and like going behind his back about issues giving away his daughter's bone marrow yeah yeah (laughs) giving away her eggs just recently I mean I I don't like this part of her personality profile same like this what this is not what I signed on with Sonia and I like Mm. it when she's a problem-solving mare and Mm. I think that works lovely also even if your partner says he's okay with all of this, he's still feeling insecure that he's got fertility issues. Wouldn't you go, well, let's give it another year for him to heal with that emotional issue? Or do IVF yourself. Yeah. (gasps) Anyway, Mm. let's put that aside because we're all going to get 
we don't have, we don't have alcohol, and I think we yeah. need that alcohol for this discussion. So we'll quickly touch on the Tanaka Love Square. Granaka. We could discuss Granaka. Granaka, Nana Tanaka. Firstly, um, can I ask a question yes. about Granaka? Yes. People keep calling her great grandmother. Have yeah. we not skipped a grandmother here? I don't get it. Somebody did the maths and worked out that if every mum was like 16 when she had the baby, oh, it, is, okay. it would work. But also, I, I but, just but don't Gran- understand Granaka, why, why she's not their grandmother. Granaka looks 65. Mm. She looks like my husband's aunt. Yeah. And also my husband's got a bone to pick with neighbours as well. He's like, why have they got a Chinese or Malaysian woman playing a Japanese woman? Yeah, well, that's no good, is it? They're just like, oh, he's an Asian. That'll do. That'll do. I'm just confused as to why she's not their grandmother. Why do they have to skip a generation in this story? Okay, so their mum was the 16-year-old mum, right? Who got knocked up, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By this mysterious father. who, Who became a doctor. I think if she was their grandmother, she'd be more of a villain in this whole piece, wouldn't she? Yeah, but that's that. But we haven't minded that before with a baby Kat- selling Kathy. Kathy. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I'd look, I don't know. So Amy is suddenly into Tanaka too, even though she's shown no interest before. Yeah. And she says, let's go have a date. Let's go sit with your grand and I'll tell her my grand Denya story. And her grand Denya story consisted of Amy saying, he's a great guy. Story <laughs> over. <laughs> What a hot second date, hanging out with <laughs> with your prospective partners, great grandmother in a hospital deathbed. Yeah, well, she's also a bit of a bitch. Yeah, actually, she would she would be a cack to visit, but still, no, not for a second date. No. So then their third date is paintball. She's like, let's go to paintball, mm, and they get bruised up. We don't see it, obviously, because mm. uh, that's cost too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then meanwhile, Aaron down the mine says he's going to bring the music video that they shot the other day, and they can go show it to Nana Tanaka. So everyone. Trying to get some action by hanging out with these twins' sick great grandmother. The twin thing is also ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> the, everything about the premise of these guys is ridiculous. Yeah, they just because they're both Japanese doesn't mean they can pass for twins. I'm Greek. That doesn't mean I look like the guy who played Doctor D. You don't look like Effie. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that if we had Bayer and Effie <laughs> together. I'd love to dress as Effie. You we'll, should do it for a fancy dress. Get like a big curly wig too. Oh, we'll uh, we'll retweet a picture of Effie. I, I think you could be like plausible auntie niece with Mary Christus. So, so you're saying I do look like Effie? <laughs> well, look, no, Mary Christus, when she look, if you parted your hair in the middle, I think we could pass for it. So, neighbourspod.com, <laughs> If you go to our episodes page, you'll see the supplementary material that we discuss, and yep. I'll put a picture of Effie there and a yep. picture of me, and we can and see a picture of Mary Christus. <laughs> Mary Christus plays Effie. So, yeah, just because two people of the same ethnicity doesn't mean they can pass for siblings. Neighbours, who normally does a very good job of cast family oh, casting. No, no, come on. To rage and her half-Greek children, not, none of whom, well, actually maybe Evie does look a Evie looked bit. Greek, the rest of them don't. No. Piper doesn't look a bit Greek. No, and no. Paige looks Greek, but that's the wrong parentage there. So she whatever. She does look Greek. She looks like she her is. adoptive mum. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So it's all look she looks mu- like Gina Liano. It's all murky. Yeah, she looked no. really looked like her adoptive mother. Yeah. Anyway, sidetracked. Nana Tanaka's on her deathbed while Amy and Tanaka two are off in the spa in the sex tub. And Nana Tanaka says to Tanaka one, You need to try and find a nice girl. Actually, let's play her dying words now. These are her final words. You you need to find a nice girl to look after you. I will, I will. I know you've never been interested in girls, but you have to try. Turn away from 
homosexual life. It only bring you unhappiness. Is that the first time we've ever heard the word homosexual used on neighbours? Nah. I don't know. I, I felt actually, like it was, yeah. They, they really? allude to it. Yeah, but they uh, don't say it. They talk about, well, the Eden Hills LGBTI society. Yeah, they say gay. They say gay. And bi. I don't think they actually say homosexual. Please let us know if they have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the first time I'd heard it. It's also the first time I've heard morning after pill. So, and, yeah, and last like... week is the first time I heard period pain. So really, we're covering a lot of linguistic ground lately. Mm. I just think sometimes, so when, when I was a bit younger and my nana said to me, oh, you're going to hell. You know, she just said that one day <laughs> because I was living in sin. Yeah. I was going to say, oh man, had she had like a mini stroke or something? No, no, she no, just, no. Like she said it like, um, so you're going to go down to the shop, you're going to get a book and then you're going to go to uni and then later on when you die, you'll go to hell. Yeah. Like it was just oh, like wow. that. Hmm. And sometimes elderly people. I was going to say, bless you, bless you Catholicism. You're yeah. <laughs> warping people's minds. Yeah. Sometimes elderly people, and I'm sure that people who are not elderly do this as well, but elderly people, because they're so sweet looking, right? Mm. And then they come out with something like this and you're like, Really? Yeah. You just said that. And that's what her dying phrase was like for me. I was like, oh, yeah. The homosexuals. Yeah, like Tanaka one, you don't It's you don't have to take that literally. Like you you do you. Yeah. You don't need – it's not her will. She's not putting that in her will. And mm. even if she did, you don't have to do what she says. Yeah. Plus you're a doctor. You're okay. Yeah. You don't need whatever money she has. Yeah. Yeah. And my God, how many bloody great-grandchildren would she have? A yeah. lot. You're not getting much a slice mm. of that pie. So mm. we leave her. Now we'll – Pause for a minute before we resume discussion and we need to hear from Dee, from Madeline West, Ooh. who I caught up with during the week mm-hmm. uh, at an event that she was at for her book, Six Under Eight, and I asked her about Dee and this is what she had to say. The return of Dee from 13 years bobbing about in the Pacific Ocean is thrilling, it is quintessential neighbours, but... It's given us an opportunity. The storyline is so deep, so textured, so convoluted that it's given all of us an opportunity to play these huge dramatic tropes that you would not usually see on a 6.30 time slot. You'll be thrilled, you'll be surprised, you'll cry, you'll laugh, you'll fall in love with Toady all over again. That's all I can say. Did you have any crackpot theories of what you thought happened to her? I thought that she'd been stolen by aliens. No, not really. I thought she'd been cryogenically frozen. No, not really. I no, really, she'd seriously. I thought she moved to America and had her own chat show. No, not really. I didn't have any theories. I had put Dee to bed and the team out at Neighbours had been approaching me over seven years to make a big return. I was always pregnant, having a child or filming something else, so the time was never right. But. I would like, I'm moving forward into the future, I want to direct, produce and write for film and television. And next year I'll be doing that out at Neighbours, looking forward to that. But with that came an opportunity to get one last look at Dee. Or is it one last? Or is she going to come back for even longer? Who knows? But it's, it's been a great opportunity. I've so enjoyed being out there and you're going to love the storyline. Neighbourspod.com for that video and the extra bits. I am... Dying to see Dee. I love Dee. I've always loved Dee. So she's the announcement, I guess, is the finale next Friday. She's going to come back. And Madeline was genuinely so excited. She, the stuff that's coming up, she's very thrilled about what they've mm. written in for her. And she's really keen to jump back into Neighbours World and mm. 
do stuff behind the scenes. And so there's more online, neighbourspod.com, the clip of her talking about her daughters watching her play D and going back and watching old episodes. And and she said even she actually even wanted to be involved in Neighbours versus Zombies. You know how they had the fake D that jumped up? They asked her to do it and she really wanted to because she loves The Walking Dead. But she was eight months pregnant and couldn't wrangle it with her schedule. So, yeah, she's happy to be amongst it. I think obviously it took a while for it all to happen and come full circle and everything but yes exciting and we have a copy of the book six under eight madeline's book about motherhood um which she read from at the event and it's, it's really beautiful it made me emotional and i didn't have kids i was thinking about the cats a lot but um <laughs> if, if you would like to win a copy signed by madeline west then go to neighborspod.com on the win page yeah click on win on the menu and you can enter and this time next week on our finale show we'll um, announce the winner and we'll have a question on there. What's the question about? Oh, it'll be, if you want to start thinking about it, what's your crackpot theory uh, as to what? where Dee's been? And and on that, what's yours, Vaya? Uh, come to me in a second. I haven't got okay. one ready. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always thought, you know, she drifted to King Island and has been working at, like, the King Island Dairy at that time. <laughs> maybe maybe she didn't know who she was. Oh, no, that was um, Harold didn't yeah, know who Harold. he was. Yeah, but Father Doe didn't know who he, he was, was either. Oh, so. that's true. So it could have been Madeline West. That's fine. She would have had to have milked a lot of cows to like buy a flight back to Melbourne. Actually, no, I did have a crackpot theory. Witness protection. That's yeah. what mine was. Yeah. I thought that's what I thought the red envelope was going to be when oh. Toadie said, yeah. the red folder, sorry. Toadie said oh, that's right. yeah, um, yeah. to Steph, go and destroy the red folder. I thought it was going to have all of her witness protection details yeah. listed. The red envelope was about Sonny's dad, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the secret sister that we never see again now. Who was cool. Yeah, we liked her. Yeah, we did like her a lot because she brought Nellie Fish back when she was abducted. She wasn't there long enough to get ruined. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she returned the child. Uh, So that was a big exciting time in Neighbours World and hanging for Dee. Hopefully she'll save the, um, the surrogacy foursome. Thursday. Now, we're rehearsing for the Drab and Loz wedding. Susan is running a wedding rehearsal mm-hmm. in the backyard. Why not? <laughs> because clearly it's going to go according to plan. And why not actually have the rehearsal in the place where it's going to happen? Because it's Sonia's nursery and who knows who's running the books at that joint now. They probably it's couldn't get in there. What is the point of having a rehearsal if it's not at the actual location? Yeah, there's no point at all. Actually, there's no point in this wedding. And then Loz says, shouldn't we rehearse the dance? And Susan's like, what dance? Haven't you talked to your celebrant about what the hell's going to happen? Uh, look, just like everything else in Drab's life, this is a complete and utter balls up. <laughs> yeah, no, this is ridiculous. And actually, even at one point, Susan asked them what they were planning with their vows. Has Susan asked them any questions before today? Has Susan finished her celebrancy course? <laughs> Well, she's been doing funerals and stuff, so surely. Yeah, I don't know. No, you actually need a license to do the celebrant thing, though. I reckon you can bury anyone. Okay, but it's it's a it's a big course. She definitely has done it because it was quite a few years ago now, and she's done quite a few weddings since then. When when you get married, you have to sign a form saying that you aren't married to anyone else. Yes, as well, certificate of impediment. It's called. Do you think Drab isn't across who he isn't isn't married to? Still, I I would. Look, I think Tarage would be on top of that, but who knows if Beth was. And on the certificate, it also says you're not related to the person you're going to marry. Weird. So, yeah, which if Angus was flashing forward in the future, he should know that that could come up for him and Ellie. Actually, as a side note, there's been theories on the web this week about who Dad Tanaker is. Oh, yeah, who? Oh, People who? are saying Paul. <gasps> that was Nate Buzz last week. Terry yeah. Siakas thought it was going to be Paul. 
And then so I think and, that that's excellent. But Amy and oh, that's why <gasps> they've hooked them up. Tanaka. Mm-hmm. I love a bit of soap opera incest. Mm. Maybe, maybe. You know how – so in, in Australia, I assume they're running the same programs in the UK, but it's all like who's going to be pregnant at the end yeah, of the season. four right? of them. For Everyone in Neighbours every, is every, everyone with a like Everyone it. with a womb. Yeah, except for Steph. Um, yeah. <laughs> she can't have them. Yeah. The um, I said that with love, just yeah. in case anyone She's wondered. barren, Sharon. <laughs> She's barren. So everyone's pregnant and we don't know who – maybe. Imagine Amy sleeps with him <gasps> during the week, gets pregnant, doesn't have the harmony – <laughs> it's, a, it's like a two-headed baby. And that's the two-headed baby because they're brothers. And we know that Paul Robinson can spawn evil twins slash triplets. Well, actually, could be an if, evil if, two-headed. If we're talking about twin. everyone getting pregnant, maybe he did just spawn over the whole suburb. <laughs> also, they they got into the sex tub. They didn't even they didn't need to have penetration. It was just you oh, know, and they were covered in bruises that looked suspiciously like hickeys. Yeah, it looked a lot like they'd had uh, Edward and Bella from Twilight Sex <laughs> <laughs> on the honeymoon. Now. Drab and Paige are at odds over blazing saddles because Drab took three days off to go to leave town and Paige is like, I'll run your business into the ground. <laughs> she really did. She just killed it. Well, well, look, she had some very valid points to raise in that like, there were actual people who were put off by Father Creepy's presence there. Yes. However, firstly, the business was founded on being a church co-pro, like a co-production with the church. And secondly... It's not a refuge. It was set up as a refuge for um, young men that were in trouble. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't set up as a not young many, women's refuge centre. Not many of them want abortions. But when did, like, Erinsborough turn into Summer Bay anyway? Why are there so many shithead youths hanging around? Yeah, where that are we never parents? saw before? Yes, there's a lot of shitbag kids. It's shitbag kids are us. Don't know where they're all coming from. Well, Erinsborough High is a breeding ground for mm. inappropriate oh, well, conduct. certainly not from Eden Hills grammar. <laughs> so she's going to get rid of the business basically. Yeah, she's taken it to the council to say we want we don't want the church to control the message. Basically the message because yeah. yeah. well, I'm pro choice we're pro choice and we want young women to be able to receive the right information when they come to us and Drab's like can I at least read over your paperwork before we go to the council? Look, I feel for laws in many ways, but I feel for her now. She's marrying a guy who has a full-time job as a teacher, a part-time job, unpaid job, counselling troubled youths. I'd be like, you know what, maybe it's a good thing that Blazing Saddles ends right now and maybe you'll spend some time with your new wife. Often, you know, some people, you know when Angelina and Brad, bad reference these days, but they adopted out-of-country adoptions. They adopted yeah. children from other countries. And some people in America would say, we've got to get things right in our own neighbourhood before we go and adopt other kids, you know. So adopt an American child, they'd think, right? And I'm like, Brad needs to get things right in his own <laughs> neck of the woods before he goes and helps all these other kids. Maybe, like, make sure your daughter isn't being groomed by the local mechanic. Yeah, or your other daughter isn't being groomed by the local priest. Yeah, and your other daughter's probably never going to come back from America. No, and, and she's never coming And your back. son's on the run. Your son's an arsonist. Uh, we, and your I, other son was a rapist. There you go. What a so, what a great well family. Yeah. yeah, you know what? <laughs> Drab of the year. He's exactly the kind of person that should be helping out troubled youths. Wow. <laughs> On that, he has a meeting with Maxine, Jacka's mum. 
They've met up at Blazing Saddles. Which I'm glad to know that there is disabled access to um, yeah, that's Blazing good. Saddles. Yeah. Yep. I love how much of a bogan villain this woman is. Yeah. Like she's got, like she can't breathe, right? Because obviously I'm assuming the, the fire. She's and... got emphysema. Oh, no. So it's from the smoking. Yeah. No, it's not from the smoking house. It's no. from the smoke. Okay. And it wasn't even her house. Um, it was Regan's mum that died in a house, that had a, her house burnt down. Oh, was oh, it? was it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was his mum. That's what I thought too, but it's very confusing. Oh, seriously. This, that whole storyline is the biggest bullshit. Drab, if he was in any, any way intelligent, just should have just called her bluff and said, nah. Well, he's kind of doing that. Well, he did. Yeah. But she, so she's saying, pay my rent or I'll go to the cops and say that your son injured me. I don't know what Ned did. And thanks for the character assassination of Ned for the 50th time this year, but whatever. And <laughs> Drab says, no, I'm not taking your ultimatum. Yeah, he's just like, whatever, I don't care anymore. Get yeah. Ned. And uh, I can't find I do, him. Best of luck. I do love how Drab's like, oh, I thought I would just pay you your rent money and I would never have to deal with any problems ever again, ever. And that was like 400 bucks a week or something, yeah. wasn't it? That's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. No wonder no one's telling Lauren. Because imagine how pissed off she'd be. I'd be yeah. so annoyed if oh. I found out Hamish was paying some woman $400 a week. And she, he does almost come close to telling her. He says, oh, I've got to be honest with you. And she says, no, no, not now. <laughs> but you know what? He is, he is such a leech. Her house is fully paid off by um, dead cops payout money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. She runs her own business. Mm. He would not be giving her any money at all. He's living there for free. Oh, no wonder he can afford to pay off local bogans. Yeah. Oh, man. Shit isn't over the year. Uh, one of my you know you guys know drabby drab on um mm -hmm. twitter oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he's great because i tweeted this week saying wonder if drab's going to invite any of his siblings to the wedding or kids stepkids um drabby drab replied with not sure the venue will be big enough for my um three thousand illegitimate <laughs> drablings <laughs> That's great that's so cute yes I, actually that is what that's our first neighbors based Parody account. I know, I love it. Drab, yeah. drab AF, drabby drab. And we, we have not, and it's not us. It's no, not. no. I actually thought it was one of my friends. I'm like, who are you? He's like, no, you don't know me. <laughs> that was nice. Also, drab has two meetings with Maxine at Blaze that day. Does she tell this, this poor woman in a wheelchair, meet me at Blaze, and then goes away and does his business and then comes back and he's like, I need to talk to you again. You know, I reckon if, if I was her, I'd be like, you know, it's too much trouble getting home. <laughs> I'm yeah. just hang out here and yeah. see what these mason jars are. <laughs> um, now, at this point, Nana Tanaka, okay, I was wrong. She didn't die in the previous episode, but she was on death's door. Jack's come over to read her her last rites. And this is where Aaron comes in to offer his condolences. And Tanaka one says, never speak to me again. Poor little Aaron. He's too much hard work. They need more gays in the streets so Aaron can actually find a boyfriend who is, is, knows he's gay. Yeah. I actually just want Aaron to be a swing and single. And I just want him to have a different bloke every weekend. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Just play that'd the be scene. Fun too. Get, get back the guy who looked like um, bloody Rick Astley. <laughs> remember there was a gay guy who looked like Rick, Rick Astley. I don't remember that he was, one. He was going to get married. Suze was going to marry him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he he must closet. be living a hot life at the yeah. moment. The bombshell on Thursday is that Ellie spills the beans to Amy that she's a bet that Tanaka too oh, has bet that was harsh. five bucks that he would oh. hop into bed with her before Chrissy. That, that's the most galling part. Not that you're a bet. It's just that someone hasn't even like bloody put a pineapple on that bed. It was <laughs> like five bucks. And I also love that the $5 has been kept at the bar. Yeah. Is that a thing? In a jar. Yeah. Is that a, a thing? A property of Leo Tanaka. <laughs> 
Uh, don't you just when you it's awful no. look i'm not a gambling woman but i assume when you make a bet just between it's friends on honor, surely yeah, yeah it's on honor. five bucks that dry will win citizen of the year and yep. they'll go yep and then he wins and you go i'll have your five bucks thanks yeah or you just go <laughs> i was right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i don't need your money buy me a drink you don't yeah. put it you it. don't put it in a jar with a post-it well, note on it she only needs one drink and yeah. then and then amy goes to find the money to prove the bet how did she know anyway do weird. they really not trust each other that much that I they mean, wouldn't pay up and then not trust that someone else wouldn't also, like if, the if, ten if you're mates, you would just go grab your friend's wallet and go, I'm getting you five bucks that you mm. owe me. But also, so I think like bars, they like to foster the, the local, right? Yeah. So they run things like the footy tipping comp. Yeah, yeah, and things yeah. like that. I believe that, but you wouldn't have the money for the footy tipping, like just on a shelf behind the bar. No, definitely not. Yeah, she, like, Sheila would have that in the petty cash tin in with a, a little lock. tin. Yeah, yeah the mm. lock. That is what happened to the old mason jars from Blazing Saddles. Though. Yeah, well, they've got to be sold to someone. Oh yeah, Sheila. Sheila snapped up a bargain, closing down sale. Everything must go. So Amy's now snubbed to Naka too, and Jimmy's worried about his mum. Also, welcome back, Jimmy. Where have you been, kid? I, I actually not one hundred percent sure he's alive. I think it's his ghost. <laughs> Ooh, and it's an I see dead people situation. Yeah, yeah, he's haunting. The- <laughs> is is his actor maybe just like in an important part of school or something? Is that what he's, is happening? I don't probably, know. probably just school, yeah. full stop. Maybe they, yeah. Well, you know how like there's all those rules about child actors. You yeah. can only have them for so many hours. Mm. We don't see much of Nell, but I feel what we do see of her is appropriate though. Jimmy has had a big absence, hasn't he? Maybe he's just like, look, I actually can only do a day a week, so. Or, yeah, maybe he got a role in a play or something. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's much more fancy than the average seven-year-old or however old he is. If anybody knows what Jimmy's been up to, please let us know. Yeah. Friday. Bring it home on Friday. Fifi Box is in the dress that she mentioned when we chatted to her on Ramsey Street, Kate. She yep. said that there was a dress that was an occupational health and safety hazard. <laughs> I think it's this dress. This titular like? dress. Oh, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. The girls were very well enhanced in the red dress she wore because she was running around and I think even clutching that dress to herself. Mm. I actually really loved that dress. It was sort of like Gretel. It was, And it was a bit peasant. Yeah, I loved it, it as well. Mm. Uh, so she spots the bloke from her sordid past. So the jewellery pimp? No, it's not the jewellery pimp. This is Trey. This is just um, pimp. This is from the current affair story. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, because oh, no, I was just assuming that was when she saw him in the cafe that it was jewellery pimp. No, because we know jewellery pimp is jewellery pimp because he wears like that awful tracksuit with the bling and the... And he just hangs around mm. with his newspaper. Like a, like a Kappa yeah, style and, one or Yeah, because yeah. jewellery pimp also likes to read the West Waratah star. <laughs> Well, somebody's got to read it. <laughs> no, this was, he was a big nuggety bloke. We're led to believe that Zancan tracked him down from the Current Affair expose. Right. Because okay. she wants him to come and, I don't know, tell her some home truths and work out what's going mm. on with her. Is the idea, so she's involved with the jewellery problem just to pay this guy off. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's, yeah. No, it's a clear bankruptcy. But she, but, no, but I don't think it's dodgy. I don't think it's a real thing. But also the current affair storyline exposed multiple lovers that she was swindling. It can't yeah. just be that guy. Yeah, that's true. So she's clocks him and immediately runs off to the school to pull Zancan out of class and say, come on, pens down, we're going to Perth today because I got the flight details Family wrong. emergency. And Brad was teaching, which was funny, <laughs> and he said, does Susan know about this? And she went, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Also, yeah, so that's not even Zankan's legal guardian. Yes, it's her mother, but yeah. she wouldn't have the right to sign her <laughs> out of class. Once again, Dreb's half-assing at life. 
He yeah. goes, there should be a current effects expose on Erinsborough High. <laughs> there should be a four corners piece. Molestation. On, four corners piece. Lack on them. of qualifications. Teachers just signing students out to whoever waltzes in with yeah. a pretty dress. Death marches around the oval. And I love that he was teaching, but they were all just doing silent reading. Yeah. Like, I ended up getting a photo of what Xanthi was writing. Oh, yeah, she was writing a little love note to Ben because they're having a little oh, lover's yeah. quarrel. Yeah. At the end, I always thought they must be totally cray to do it to themselves. But I miss you too. I don't want to break up. There's also something at the start with their relationships. That was a distance. very good Zancan voice you did there, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I do like seeing the word cray written down in handwriting. So she's whisked out of class and she fe- dropped the note. Too. Yes. And then Drab picked it up and chucked it in the bin without yeah. reading it. Yeah, he's a rude guy. <laughs> He probably didn't know it was an actual saucy bit of goss. He thought it was probably just litter because he's an idiot. Zankan says, i got to go home and get pack my bag. So they go home and then Nuggety Bloke comes in and says, I've come for me money to yeah. Fifi. And that's their cliffhanger. So we'll leave them. And now they're trying to make Lou's love life interesting, which it isn't. But they're oh, yeah, disgusting. So they've paired him back up with Trixie Tucker, his ex-wife, Delta Goodrum's mama. Wendy Stapleton. She looks pretty much the same. She looks exactly the same. She's still a um, she's still got a solo act, music act, yep. she, one woman she, show. She did a little shout out to Nina and Jack. Yep, they say hi. And also, she says <laughs> <That's> in depth. <laughs> when they, so they were dancing around which ex wife was coming back for mm. for like a bit of the week, really. And you know who I wanted it to be? I wanted it to be Annalise. I don't know if she's dead. I can't remember, but. They would they would never be able to get Annalise back. No, but unless it was great? like a court order. Oh yeah, <laughs> or she wants to be a director like Madeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want um Callum's uh, girlfriend's grandmother to come back from science camp. Remember that sassy? Oh, um, oh yeah, the um the Marsha Hines yeah, like lookalikes. Yeah. Oh yeah, the one she that likes good. the whips and chains. She was on the horn. In fact, I thought they were even still together. They never really ended. Oh, he, got, she... he got scared. He got scared. Oh yeah, by her. she was too into it. Yeah, mm. was she the whips and chains one? Yeah, yeah. She, she was yeah. into some whack shit, but you know that could have mm. been. A... Hey, surely Louis. Because well. clearly, Lou's they, into everything. clearly they're gearing up for because they're saying there's going to be a double wedding. Clearly they're going to get Kathy and Lou to tie the knot next Friday. Yeah, which yeah, I think so. is I've read spoilers, wrong yeah. town because she she's way out of his league. And you can't renew your vows when you've been divorced for forty years. <laughs> That's not renewing it. You actually have to get married again. So what about that romantic music that was playing when? Lou looked over at Kathy Carpenter's cookbook. Aww. She looks fantastic. Look, that was yeah. her clearly the actress's headshot that they've she looks put. Beautiful, in yeah. That. She's a stunner. But then that clunky, clunky music. Oh, Firstly, yeah. the Christmas music that's been blaring out at Harold's all week has oh, done that... my noggin oh, in. And the decorations at Harold are terrible. You're like that '80s tinsel. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm assuming it's Lou and Kathy. But wouldn't it be great if Steph and Dalcock got married? Because then it would actually be sort of like they live together, almost, and that would be good for right. the child. Okay, who, Kate? Who would you want to have a surprise wedding if it wasn't Lou and Kathy? No one's really in a good place at the moment. <laughs> Maybe Therese and um, Paul could like just sort of just shotgun it. Yeah, just say, <laughs> look, we've been toying with this for a while. Let's do it. There are no other couples aside from Tony or, and Sonia. Or if Ellie did it drunkenly and just married whoever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Angus. You know, I reckon she'd get married like she's in like the bloody um, November Rain film clip. She'd oh, have like she the, the, the cut-off wedding dress. Oh, um, Ellie. I would love it if they just set up like a Vegas-style chapel and Ellie just wandered in drunk and <laughs> nah. 
<laughs> married the Where's ne- my groom? <laughs> <laughs> Just married the Ned lookalike that works behind the waterhole bar. Oh, Ned. See, maybe Ned. Ned could come back and they could. That's get right. Married. Remember, they went. They were together. She's forgotten about him. She doesn't even know. Yeah, because she's talking about her ex, the baby ex, like he's the most recent ex, but he's no. not. He's just the most recent one she saw. Yeah. There's an ex. Bam. Now I am sad because of you. Okay, now finally, this men shed tender, which I cannot keep up with to save myself. Uh, it all has finally come out because staff went snooping through Sonia's personal counsel paperwork. Oh, no, no, not snooping. She was tidying up the bloody dining table. She was, was not si- tidying up. But it was up. sitting right there. What, there is something. Sonia has her own office, which we have seen. It's not like to rage where we barely see her office. Why doesn't she keep confidential counsel documents at work? That is bad housemate behavior. You can bring work home with you. Like, her job's never done. If I bring a folder home and my boyfriend just opened it and looked in it. No, but Steph is a business partner with one of the main tender things. It's In regard to politics, it's terribly wrong. Oh, thank you. There we go. Yeah. CJ's got my back on this. 100% it's wrong because, you know, this business is paying off counsellors all over the place. Oh, okay. You can't have that at home. Sonia's a business owner, okay. so when she's at home, she shouldn't be mayor, really. Yeah. She shouldn't just be popping over to tell them that Blazing Saddles is closing down yeah, and becoming a church. That know? was weird. I can't believe she didn't have on the robes for yeah. that. <laughs> but she also, her husband's a business owner in the area. Her staff is. And... <laughs> You know, probably Nellie Fish is probably running the bar by now. Nellie Fish has probably got shares in the nursery too. Probably. And like, you know, so no, she shouldn't be a mayor at home in, or in Ramsey Street at all. And I guess if it, okay, in your defence, it, it shouldn't be a manila folder. It no. should be something with a, be, a lock on it. She should be it in her briefcase. It yes, sh- with a lock on it. At, at the most old school version of technology that it should be is a USB stick. Let's face it, it's probably an iPad file. Staff takes it to Paul and says there's this business called Nazumi that's winning that's gonna win the men shed tender. And everyone's banding about that. Oh, it's someone Japanese and then Amy I goes, actually, I wonder who's Japanese. If you heard the word Nazumi, would you automatically think it's a Japanese word? I wouldn't necessarily. I went to school with a Masumi, so I would. Oh, okay. Um I Shout wouldn't out to Masumi. I'd say she it listens. feels kinda of made up. It could be me. a bit Italian. But however, Amy did pick it up because because Tanaka too had mentioned it the day before. Oh yeah, that Granaka calls him Nazumi because it means rat. What yes. a what a lovely nana. She's um, a bitch. What a bitch. Although it is great grandma. She hates yeah, she hates the, the homosexuals. She's like just hates the other guy in general. Maybe this is not the family she should have connected with in her final days. <laughs> but um, I love that Paul has been paying the rat. To get the information, but all he had to do was get staff to go through the files. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. How much money did he waste? He could have said, Can you just go poke around your housemates' yeah. paperwork? Mm. So that's the end of that's that. Sort of, yeah. Now, before we finish off, we have to discuss Logies. We've got to do some Logies chat. It has been a long time since Neighbours has had a Logie. Yeah, mainly because they've moved off to the secondary network and, and they, don't, they don't promote it as much. And for some unknown reason, Home and Away is a lot more popular than Neighbours. The main reason is they're on the main network and so there's more viewers. True. Mm-hmm. And But they always win Best New Talent in that. Yeah, like they're some rando. Yeah, because their publicists work a lot harder. So, yeah, <sighs> Neighbours has to launch its official candidates. Yep. I don't know if internationals can vote in the Logies, but I'll tell you what, give it a go. Look, if you can't, somehow find a free Australian email address and just vote with that. Sign up for it (laughs) under multiple aliases because we need to get our peeps up on stage. They don't don't need to be sitting up the back of the bloody Crown Palladium room. We want them up the front. 
At the front. With the nominees. They won't be able to get as drunk, but Ellie will find a way. Don't worry. <laughs> Imagine what it's going to be like for Ellie because she was on Home and Away and she's used to sitting up the front and getting VIP treatment. Yeah, and, but, and having to behave ta- as yeah. well. Uh, yeah, and now this time she'll walk in going, hey guys, just my usual table. They're like, just a bit further back this time, Jodie. Yeah. Just um, over by the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> the one near the palm tree. Okay, so CJ, our endorsement for Best Actor. Best Actor is Ryan Maloney, which is Toadie. Uh, best Actress. Colette Mann. And Best New Talent, Lily Vandermeer. And for Best Drama, we've got Neighbours. Obviously, mm. of course. Imagine if we just went, oh, look, this year we're going to go home and away. <laughs> and Kate, our Gold Logie endorsement for Neighbours. There can only be one, and that is Ryan Maloney. Toadfish, Jared Rebecca. So the, we're going to get behind him, and we've decided it's time. It's time that we had Toadie for Gold Logie. Mm-hmm. We can drum up this support. Yeah. If Look, if Ray Ma could win Gold Logie for playing Alf Stewart, Toadie is long overdue for a nod. So we'll put on our social media our list of contenders. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of other Neighbours actors that they've put forward, and they all do a bang-up job. We can't confuse the issue here. No, we just need one message, one voice. It, it has been a year of very disappointing election results across Australia, mm. across the UK. Across let's, the world. Let's get some good news going and get Toadie for Gold Logie. And as Steph said, one out, all out. So we've got to be all in. Yeah, yeah we're all in. One message, Toadie for Gold Logie. Spread the word. Jump yeah. onto the TV Week voting page. Mm-hmm. You know what? Just vote. Vote. Vote now, vote early. We've got to get the votes in now because the um, we've got to get nominations in first, don't we? Yeah. So um, we're going to go Toadfish. And I think, look, he's had such a big year that maybe at some point we can reflect, once he's nominated officially, yeah, yeah. we could reflect on all of the things that have happened to Toadfish in the, in the year. Well, how about we put that campaign together for our finale episode? Because we need to drum up support while the voting's open. Okay. And you guys, look, we know we're about to head into a long summer break now, which is actually probably the longest break the UK's ever had from Neighbours. So we need something to keep the fires burning. Yeah. Bloody oath, I'm looking forward to that break. But anyway. And hashtag Toadie for Gold Logie. It is with the number four. Keep it classy. Like cash for gold. Yeah. Toadie for Gold Logie. Also, neighbourspod.com. Enter the competition to win Madeline West's book, Six Under Eight, signed by Dee herself. And also, if you want to buy the book, use our book depository affiliate link. Oh, yeah. Yay. In the Support Us page on our website, and a uh, little smidge of that will go towards providing snacks for the Pirate Net Studios. Excellent. We need <laughs> some snacks, guys. Because yeah, we uh, we can we can put so, them away, I tell you, for free. tell them what time it is right now? <laughs> It's a, a 10 past 11 p.m. Yeah, so we need snacks, snacks that have caffeine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, well, look, we, we do this for free on a Saturday night. Yeah, uh, that says something, CJ and I could be mothering. We could be oh, mothering. Well. <laughs> you, you're just doing the Nellyfish approach. You just leave her to her own devices. Yes. She'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. Kate, thank you. No worries. CJ. Thank you. Finale week. It's massive. Everyone's pregnant. Everyone's married. We'll check in on what's happened. I'm so excited. Toadie for Gold Logie. Bye.